you know what, you need to uh, accept this doctrine 100%. And if you don't, you can't be Canadian. Like, what is that supposed to mean? I mean, that's just basically like, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome in the schools. You're not welcome to even be a citizen. You're, you're basically, you know, you're less of a human. Uh, and you're violating other people's human rights if you believe what your religion teaches. So this is this is absolutely outrageous. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Alex Newman, Senior Editor at The New American Magazine. Thanks so much for joining us. We have a very special guest today. Uh, you know, I, I think the media wants you to have the impression that it's only Christians who are upset by some of what's going on in the public schools, the, the gender stuff, the LGBT indoctrination. Uh, but it turns out that's not true. Um, our guest today, uh, Imam Mustafa Umar, uh, he is a, uh, an Islamic theologian, scholar, uh, Imam. Uh, he's got a BS in information and computer science from the University of California, Irving. He's got a BA in theology and Islamic law from the European Institute of Islamic Sciences in France. He's got a master's in Islamic studies from the University of Gloucestershire in the UK. And he also studied the Islamic sciences for a year at uh, Nadvatul Ulama in uh, Lucknow, India. And he spent another year studying in Cairo, Egypt. So uh, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the Islamic faith and Islamic theology. He's authored several books. He served the Muslim community as a scholar and an imam for two decades. He founded California Islamic University, and he's currently the senior religious director at the Islamic Center of Irving. And he's an executive member of the Fiqh Council of North America and a senior fellow at the Yaqeen Institute. Uh, Mustafa, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us Um a mutual friend introduced us, uh, Brenda Lebsack, who's been on this program, and uh, she shared that uh, you and uh, and many other Islamic leaders in California have some concerns about what is being taught in the public schools in California as regards uh, gender and sexual activity and sexual orientation. Uh, what are your thoughts on on what is happening, and um, you know how are Islamic families responding to this? Uh, so yeah, in terms of what's happening, it's just. Um absolutely horrendous um every single day i'm getting uh, reports from around the country that you know muslim school students are going to school and uh they're basically being harassed by their teachers when they say that you know uh this is what islam says about homosexuality or you know i can't have a i'm not going to draw a rainbow flag in my classroom because that goes against my islamic religious teachings and uh they're scared that you know they're they're not going to um you know, they won't be treated fairly. They get yelled at uh, by teachers. Their grades are going to go down. This is just simply unfair. So the Muslim community is, um, they've been kind of hush-hush about it for a while. They just kind of assume that, you know, our kids are going to be okay and we shouldn't, you know, ruffle any feathers or anything like that. But but now it's just gotten to a point where it's just become like a he hegemonic uh, indoctrination within schools and there's harassment against Muslim students Parents are extremely upset, um, and they're they're not having this. So they're 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 fighting back. Muslim Muslim parents are really um, they're they're tired of it, and they're like, "This is not fair," uh, and we gotta do something about it. Yeah, Mustafa. Just just a few days ago, you may have seen, but uh, Jen Psaki, um, I think is how you pronounce her last name. She was uh, the former spokesman or spokeswoman, I guess, for uh, Joe Biden for President Joe Biden. 
Uh, she's got a show on MSNBC now, and she said the reason Muslims are are upset about this now is because uh, sinister Republicans are are exploiting them and and convincing them to to be angry about this. That it's some sort of um, divide and conquer strategy. Uh, do you feel that Republicans are are manipulating Muslims here, or is this part of Islamic theology that this is not what children should learn? No, I mean this has been part and parcel of Islamic theology, and I think. You know, with all due respect, um, you know, to the different, uh, you know, groups of Christianity out there, I think mainstream Muslims throughout the world, almost two billion Muslims in the world, have been a very, very consistent on the stance of Islam and homosexuality. You have a very, very tiny, tiny minority of some people who will try to, you know, reinterpret the Quran or something like that. But the overwhelming, I'd say over 90 percent, maybe 99 percent of Muslims in the world are very clear uh, on the teachings of homosexuality, on the teachings of, uh, you know, gender and that there are two genders and all of that. So, no, this is not a manipulation. And if you if you actually look at the history of it, uh, the Muslims in Dearborn were the ones who were actually getting rid of some of, you know, the uh, LGBT books, you know, for kindergartners and for like little kids and all that. This was prior to any type of, uh, you know, collaboration uh, with any Republicans or conservatives or anything like that. This has always been the stance of Islam. It's always been the stance of Muslims. And uh, no, there's no such thing as, um, you know, being uh, manipulated into anything. In fact, uh, we just see that this is a perfect opportunity when, when, when a side, when the indoctrination becomes so strong, we realize that, hey, we, we got to work together on people who see eye to eye with us on this issue. And what's best for society and what's best for our children and what's best for schools and what's best for freedom of religion. Uh, we see this as a great opportunity to work with um, conservatives and Republicans and anyone else who, who, who sees uh, eye to eye with us on this issue. And that's why this, some of this collaboration is taking place. Yeah, you, you touched on something that I want to drill into a little bit more. Um, you know, one of the things that Brenda, our, our mutual friend, shared with me is that they've actually been using documents in some of the public schools in California suggesting that the Quran actually endorses uh, the, these different ideas, this transgenderism, the gender fluidity. And uh, Brenda said that she shared that with a number of Islamic theologians and, and imams and, and people who have studied the Quran and uh, unanimously. They said this is outrageous. This is not true. This is not what the Quran teaches. Um, have you seen any of this and, and what do you make of it? You know, I've seen it. I've seen it. Brenda shared it with me as well. I've seen it in the Anaheim school system. I've seen it in Santa Ana school district. It's it's really pathetic because they've not only they've taken uh, twisted the teachings of the Quran, that no mainstream Islamic scholar would ever condone. Even in North America, you'll not find a single Imam, Sheikh, religious scholar ever who who could you know who has a, a following of even a congregation of you know 10, 50 people, whatever it may be. You won't find a single one of them endorsing any of this. But then what they do is someone's making these manuals. They're translating it into Arabic. They're translating it into Farsi. They're translating it into Pashto. They're translating it into all these languages to even target like Muslim immigrants, you know, refugees and many other people. And they're trying to indoctrinate uh, and brainwash their children. And it's, it's, it's just horrendous that, you know, somebody would stoop to that level to start, you know, uh, taking out verses of the Quran and statements of the Prophet Muhammad, you know, peace be upon him, and just twisting them around with something that no Muslims believe in. Like, I mean, when I when I say no Muslim, no Muslims who represent any type of mainstream Islamic teachings across the world uh, believe in. 
and yet they go and they they go and they you know twist twist these meanings. So it's really sad to see that happening, especially being pushed with public funding with our tax dollars into the public school system. Yeah, uh, and and actually the same thing is happening uh, with Christianity. You know, there's these very very fringe misinterpretations of the Bible that are being. Uh, uh, trumpeted by the the people who want to endorse this, and they, of course they're they're teaching it to children, and it is uh, absolutely incompatible with what the Bible very plainly teaches, and what every Christian theologian for two thousand years uh, has understood. Uh, folks, stay with us. We're going to come right back with more from Imam Mustafa Umar. Uh, some of the stuff that has been happening in Canada is just uh, unbelievable. We've even got a, a clip of a teacher just absolutely berating a Muslim child for, for not being willing to, to go along with this. Uh, and then uh, we've got some information on a document uh, signed by Islamic scholars and preachers that you'll want to hear about. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alan Keyes, and I want to say a good word for the New American Magazine. Uh, not only because Alex Newman has joined us as somebody who is periodically hosting a show, but because New American Magazine represents a alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people. Visit thenewamerican.com today. Use the promo code NEWMAN to get $10 off the price of a print subscription. Welcome back to Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Alex Newman, Senior Editor at The New American. Uh, we have a very special guest with us today, Imam Mustafa Umar. Uh, he has quite a bio. We went over in the last segment. Uh, hopefully you, you caught that. Um, Imam, there is a, a document that's been signed by over 300 Islamic scholars and preachers on navigating differences. Uh, talk to us a little bit about this and why you think it's so significant. Yes, I mean, this document's long overdue. Uh, we just drafted it a few months ago. And really what it does, it, it just clarifies what the stance of Islam is on homosexuality, on gender nonconformity, um, and how Muslims believe in, uh, uh, you know, believing in, in pluralism, that, you know, we all need to, you know, cooperate with one another, uh, live and let live. But at the same time, uh, there should not be any pressure on Muslims to try and change their religion. That's just unfair. It's wrong. So it's a it's a very clear uh, delineation and explanation of what the Islamic teachings are uh, on some of these points. And it talks about how we should be free to practice our religion uh, in this country. And um, that's pretty much what the document is. And, and it's so interesting that, you know, when this was uh, first drafted, you know, it was one of the earliest, uh, you know, earlier uh, people who signed the document and people were rushing i mean muslim scholars and preachers around the country they were rushing to uh sign this document because they're like you know we want to i don't know why somehow someone is misrepresenting the religion of islam and saying it says something that it doesn't actually say or that we somehow believe something that we don't actually believe so it, it this was such a, a, a you know everyone rushed towards it and they're like i want to sign i want to sign a different countries contacted us. One of my friends in Japan, he saw the document. He's like, he saw my name on it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to translate it into Japanese. We need to do this over here in Japan as well. So it was a, it's a fantastic document. It's very well written by a group of a group of uh, people who research this issue. So I really recommend everyone check it out and understand what is Islam's actual clear cut stance on these issues. Yeah, but before we get into uh, this clip out of Canada. Um, would you just briefly, Mustafa, explain to us what does the Quran, what does Islam teach on marriage, on family, on gender? I mean, can a person 
change their gender if they feel like a, a different gender? I mean, what, what does your religion teach on this? Just so we're, we're sure. clear. So in, it, no in a nutshell, when it comes to, you know, uh, physical attraction and, um, you know, sexual attraction, the, uh, you know, homosexuality, uh, having a relationship through the institution of marriage is the only way uh, that someone can, you know, have a, a, a romantic or physical relationship. A marriage can only be, be between a man and a woman. The story of Prophet Lot is mentioned in the Quran in uh, over 105 verses, according to my own count and search. It's mentioned several times in the Quran. So the teachings are clear cut. Uh, there is nothing to indicate that uh, the people of Sodom were engaging in rape or something like that. That that theory that some people throw out there. If you read the story in the Quran, it's so clear cut uh, that Lot was criticizing the people for engaging and practicing homosexuality. Now, same-sex attraction and feelings and thoughts that just come to your mind. Islam teaches us that people are not responsible, you know, for for what just kind of comes into their mind. But that doesn't mean that they should practice it when they act upon something that is, you know. Uh, shameful, it's unnatural, uh, all the other descriptions, it's, it's, it's immoral, it's not good for society. When you practice it, that's considered to be sinful. So that Islam is very clear on. When it comes to genders, Islam is actually very clear when it comes to that there are two genders. Um, there is uh, the phenomenon of intersex or hermaphrodites. People are born with wrong genitalia or chromosomes or something like that. But that's an abnormality. And uh, when someone has something like that, they're still going to be classified as either male or female, depending on, you know, the type of deformities or the type of, uh, you know, uh, defect that they have in their body. It doesn't mean that there's a third gender or fifth gender or somebody can identify or make up their own gender or something like that. So it's, it's very clear cut uh, in the teachings of the Quran and the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad that men are supposed to uh, be men and women are supposed to be women. You don't cross dress. You don't um, change your pronoun. You don't change your name to uh, something else. And you definitely don't, you know, mutilate your body or try and change your body to to be something else. So if you can't cross dress. You can't cross surgery. That's not going to actually change you. You're either male or female. Your soul is male or female. And, um, you know, even if someone has these thoughts, they're not responsible for these thoughts of gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder, but you don't engage upon all the thoughts that come to your mind. So that's pretty much what Islam says. Yeah, a lot of parallels there with uh, what the Bible teaches as well. You know, we have the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, those cities were, of course, destroyed. Um, I want to play a clip now. Uh, this, of course, came out of Canada, but we're seeing similar things across the United States, uh, across you and I are both uh, sitting in Europe at the moment. We have similar things happening, especially across Western Europe. I want to play this clip and, and get your reaction. Your faces, and I see some of your faces. Oh, well, Madame is out to lunch. Well, I'll tell you, you are out to lunch. If you think it's access, accept, uh, acceptable to not show up because you think there's some pride activities going on at school, right? Oh, that's fine, you know, because I'm going to show my opinion by hanging out at the mall. But meanwhile, all those kids who are, you know, involved in, say, the Gay Street Alliance or whatever, I don't even know if we have that anymore in our school, they're here when we did Ramadan for Lion Time, and they're showing respect in the class for your religion, right, for your beliefs. It goes two ways. If you want to be respected for who you are, if you don't want to suffer prejudice for your religion, your uh, color of skin, your whatever, then you better give it back to people who are different from you. That's how it works. It's an exchange. 
And it isn't like that in all countries. As I told you, in Uganda, literally, if you, they think you're gay, they will execute you. If you believe that kind of thing, then you don't belong here. Because that is not what Canada believes. We believe in freedom. We believe that people can marry whomever they want. That is in the law. And if you don't think that should be the law, you can't be Canadian. You don't belong here. And I mean it. I really mean it. And it's not a joke, Manzoor. I said back and forth. You want it, you got to give it. It, I, it just makes me angry. All right, Mustafa, you, you heard the clip, you know, Canadian teacher just um, absolutely berating uh, a student for, for not being willing to go along with these teachings on uh, uh, gender and sexuality and pride and things. Uh, wh what are your thoughts? I mean, how should uh, schools and, and educational systems be dealing with, uh, for example, Muslim students or Christian students who, who are not okay with this, whose parents are not okay with this. So what is the appropriate way to deal with this? So, I mean, we're talking about moral teachings. We're talking about religious teachings. So, I mean, for somebody to say, look, my, my religion teaches me that this type of behavior or X behavior X or behavior Y is not okay. What's the problem with that? I mean, they're not sitting there going around there. These, these Muslim students, they didn't insult or berate, uh, you know, any, any uh, gay students or, you know, trans students or anything like that. They didn't say anything bad. They didn't say anything mean. Uh, that's not what's happening. But it's basically what's being done is it's like, you know what? You need to uh, accept this doctrine 100%. And if you don't, you can't be Canadian. Like, what is that supposed to mean? I mean, that's just basically like, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome in the schools. You're not welcome to even be a citizen. You're, you're basically, you know, you're less of a human uh, and you're violating other people's human rights if you believe what your religion teaches. So this is this is absolutely outrageous. Uh, and this type of rhetoric needs to change. And, and teachers who are trying to push their own ideology, I would say it's their own religion, uh, onto other people, this is uh, this is against uh, the values of, you know, democracy and the values of, you know, freedom of expression and freedom of religion. So people should be held accountable for something like that. So that's the one thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is that, you know, these are children. These are kids. Like, do they really do I have to train my own? I have a, I have a nine year old and a 10 year old. Do I really need to train them and be like, you know what? You need to be ready to take on your teacher when they come and insult your, you know, your religion. And I need to train them on how to speak and how to respond back when your teacher is going to come and insult you for just being a Muslim and holding these beliefs. I mean, this is really unfair. Like, you know, to, to, to have children have to go through this. It's bad enough when bullying takes place with other students, but to have teachers who are supposed to be the ones who are setting a good role model and example for them. They're the ones who are bullying the children. Yeah, this is just, just really needs to stop. And we need to rethink uh, the way in which we've been dealing with some stuff like this. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, Mustafa. Um, we're just about out of time. Any final thoughts, any place uh, where people can follow your work? I don't know if you're on any of the social media or anything like that. Uh, yes, I'm on social media. I have a website, mustafaomar.com. I have another website, askthescholars.com. And what I really see is this is a great opportunity for uh, Muslims and Christians uh, who see eye to eye on this. Uh, there may have been some issues in the past 
uh, post 9-11, you know, Islamophobia, war on terror, some of that stuff. I think this is a really great opportunity to build bridges and work together on an issue, on a, a really important issue uh, that affects society as a whole, that affects our children. So to work together on this, I think this is a, a, a there's a, there's a blessing in disguise as well, in addition to you know, tackling you know, this, this harm and this evil that's happening in our society. So I look forward to collaborating with anyone who sees eye to eye with us on this and is willing to collaborate. Fantastic. Imam Mustafa Umar, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, speaking out and uh, defending children. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. All righty, folks. Alex Newman here, Conversations That Matter for the New American. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you all. is the cure. You're dead on. This is the largest experiment performed on human beings in the history of the world. The more you know. What they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people. And I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. The freer you are. It's murder. They are basically murdering people in hospitals. The all-cause mortality we know is now higher in the vaccinated group than the unvaccinated group. Stay informed on the issues that affect freedom. Get a subscription to The New American today. TheNewAmerican.com